today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. This if we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles in studio. Dude, I think... Wait, no, we're still in February. I was about to say, I think... We're just like, like definitely still in February. Yeah, it's like, I think we're about to hit the, our eighth year at the Catholic Man Show. But we're not quite there yet. Isn't that May? Oh, I thought it was March. But it's I, May. Yeah, maybe May, yeah. It's I think you're May. right. Yeah. It's going to be dude, May. But dude, we're so close. Soon. It's going to be May. Okay, that's starting off well. Thanks for bringing that up, Adam. <laughs> oh, great man. story, bro. Great story, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we, we do have some great stories to tell. Oh uh, man, before we do, yeah. But let's get into the whiskey first, because yes. I'm a little thirsty. I am thirsty as well. So we're having from Malt Whiskey Society today. We're having a Dalmore. Yep, this is uh, Malt Whiskey Society. So he said, yeah, he said that. Okay, yeah. yep. So yes, this is a Dalmore product. It's a well, it's a it's a product of the. Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. That's what it is. The Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Mm. Um, but it's a, uh, you know, they, they purchase, if people don't know, they purchase entire, they purchase barrels, like one whole barrel from distillers, and then they'll go and finish it themselves and then sell it exclusively to the members of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. This is um, a barrel that they purchased from Dalmore. Um, it's called Fun Filled Fetty. Ooh. Ooh, is it? Is it dude, it's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's good. It is good. Did you try it? I did. Yeah, it's really, really good. Okay, so the tasting notes on it are delightful aromas of toffee sauce on vanilla ice cream, merged with oily croissants, filled with peanut butter and topped with dark chocolate and cocoa nibs. Hmm. The palate, however, was a hefty blend of fresh figs, plums, and marmalade alongside tobacco leaves, cloves, cloves. Not clothes, cloves, and lots of ginger. With water came an earthier demeanor. Figs and orange remained, but now with raindrops in a pine forest, new suede boots, <laughs> and licorice-scented navy rums. Meaty notes had appeared as glazed pork belly joined roast beef with toasted 
with toasted chestnuts, molasses, and sweet-scented cigars. After spending five years in a bourbon... And now this is actually what it did. After spending five years in a bourbon barrel, this is transformed... This was transferred to a first-fill Spanish oak Pedro Jimenez hogshead. So I think the last five years at Dalmore, it was in a bourbon barrel, and Mm -hmm. then they finished it in a Jimenez hot... Yeah, exactly, sherry. Nice. That's very delicious. It's really good. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. Your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So for the uh, Super Bowl Sunday, my son and I did something for the mm. first time together. We had a rib cook-off. Oh. Yes. So Luke said, he, he said, like, Dad, I, I, I want to have a rib cook-off. Okay. And I was like, deal. Like, uh, father-son moment, opportunity. Pork? To, to uh, Yeah, pork, spare ribs. Do you ever do, you ever do short ribs? Beef ribs? Uh, you know, I don't because mm-hmm. I really like pork ribs. Yep. And um, you can't you can't go wrong. It's not that way. I I dislike yeah the beef both. Ribs. You can't go you can't go wrong right. no matter what what it is. But yeah, so um, the, the beef ribs you just you cook them different. You know, right? They're a lot bigger, for instance. So, uh, but it was it was really awesome to have father son moment. Uh, it is cool. That's a cool idea. And yeah. Luke is he's ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah. So we both uh, went with. I was not cooking ribs when I was ten. Yes. So, you know, and I had him basically cut off the fat, you know, mm-hmm. get him all prepared. We both decided to smoke them wrapped around pineapple. Okay. Um, which has just been a huge win, like, since I started doing that. Every time I've done... Yeah? I started it doing that. It sounds awesome. It They have been some of the best ribs I've ever had. Do um, they absorb much of the pineapple flavor? Yes. They do? Yes. Okay. And vice versa. The pineapple absorbs a lot of the pork flavor. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so he decided to go with a spicy peach rub. Okay. I went with uh, like How a did sweet he decide like molasses rub? I mean like you so you oh sorry. Uh, but I was curious, how did he decide what to do? We went to, to the do? store. Okay, and you just looked at you went and looked at the rub section. Yeah, and let him pick it out. Okay. I was wondering that like cuz it's like I don't think he's surfing the internet for ideas no. on. No, so he—that's he, what he went with. Both uh, absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then only one of you could be. You mean you were the one actually cooking them, right? He—he he was helping. He—he he helped. He—he he did uh-huh. every, everything that I had to do. He was helping. Okay, because you can't—you're doing it in the same grill, so it's not like you right. could have like different temperature decisions. No, happening. no, no. We're in the same yeah. same grill. Okay, but it was awesome. It was a lot. It was really cool. Five that would be moment. fun. Moment, yeah. We, uh, you and I also did something else fun this last weekend. Define fun. It was so fun. Yeah, it was so much fun when I'm it was so over. Glad it's over. I said, "Thank God, it's over." <laughs> so, uh, people have been, you know, it's like people. I've been talking about the pigs. We had all these pigs, nineteen piglets, and it, it uh, the day had come to uh, cut the boys. Something that just has to be done on the farm. Mm-hmm. And Adam, you said that you wanted to come over. Mm-hmm. And I could tell, like, did, was it like a, I don't want to call it a rite of passage, but kind of a little bit like, it's just something I want to get under my belt. Like It was an experience. I, I want to have the experience. I want to know how to do it. Because it's a tough, exp- like, it's a tough experience. Like, yes. if you watch a YouTube video, and there's hundreds of them, you know, uh, it, when you, like, watch the process, it is just like, oh, it's... It's a little bit brutal. Yeah. Uh, but it's quick, you know. And Ish. It, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... It depends on if it's your dad and Juan or... or yeah. 
Gosh. We were much faster, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it's over within a f- just a few minutes, you yeah. know, and um, it was tough, man. It's tough, yeah. Uh, I, so I talked to a couple, I talked to Dr. Malosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on our show a couple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And a couple other guys, too. And everybody said, like, yeah, that's the toughest job on the farm. There is. Wow. There is no job. Obviously, there are things I, that are, like, more, I have to disagree with that. That are more physically demanding, you know, but just, like, overall, as a person, Okay. Like that's the, I still have, would ha- I think I would have to disagree. Okay, that's with that. What would you say is a tougher job? I'm curious. Are you so not just a physical, but just like also? Yeah, they didn't mean physic. It's not physically hard. Mm-hmm. The job is not physically hard if mm-hmm. you have the right tools. Mm-hmm. Um, then I mean, can- there's some things you can do with cows if you have like a bunch of cows. Uh, you know, that's pretty tough. You mean like? Um, Getting them all through the shoot and yeah, and and mm-hmm. also branding them. That's, yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, um, I think the thing with the like castrating mm-hmm. is that you're doing it to like a kind of a baby, a baby yeah. animal. Yeah, that's tough. You know, when when, a, when you look at a cow, he's just a big dumb animal. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's tough. Branding branding would be uh, is realism to the max. Is it, what it was, oh, dude. It sure was. Yeah. So anyway, but we got the job done. That's right, we did, uh, and it was an experience. And it was, it was, it was, it was a very good experience. I mean, it, I'm glad I did it. Maybe really questioned some of my choices <laughs> about like, oh, I'm going to do this again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Every break. time we picked up a little piglet, I was so glad when you go, it's a girl. It's like, like yes, yes. <laughs> so we were, what we were doing is we were cutting teeth. Yeah. So they all had to get their teeth cut, so they don't hurt each other. Um, and also mostly so they don't hurt you because uh, especially the males they'll grow tusks mm-hmm. um, and the, the females will grow you know they're, they have like canine teeth so we're cutting that the, the males needed to be castrated and then we notched their ear mm-hmm. according to what litter they were mm-hmm. and if boy or boy girl, girl right. right in each litter so one thing I didn't do was pick mine I forgot to do that mm. but that's okay I'll, I have time a lot of time Yeah. also you seem to be in a hurry to pick yours Personally, I would wait because the one that looks the best now might not look the best at the end. At yeah. the end, yeah. And then you're gonna be like, I know I picked that one, but I really want this. But one. I'm actually taking that one. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would recommend patience. You certainly may go and and pick one if you want. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that's just the farm update. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a rough day, but it was it was a good day to be. I tell you what. It's a day where you're really thankful I was to have friends. Yeah. Because that would have taken you forever to do it by dude, yourself. I, th- I, like, the castrating part, you, you almost can't do by yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually, we, I did, we did find a video of um, this lady, a farmer, but she had, uh, like, a, a, like, a device to hold the piglet, you know, right. and so, yeah, it'd be tough. It's tough. It'd be tough. Hey, shout out to the guys who um, also uh, rated and reviewed our podcast. A couple, couple. Yes. Remember, like a couple episodes ago, yeah. we were like, "Hey, will you guys please rate and review our podcast?" Thank you, guys. We had, we had quite a few that did. So, thank you guys so much. Man. For those who gave us uh, lower than a five star, we're so glad you listened. Not what we were looking for, though. Probably not inviting you over for dinner. You're not going to come to our birthday parties, but. 
Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. We're drinking a little fun-filled Fetty, a Dalmore product from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. It is fantastic. Juan's not feeling well, unfortunately, so he's not here. He said he was lightheaded. Yeah, which isn't good. Yeah. He's, uh, he gets that way, though. It's like, if he doesn't eat, if it's been like more than two hours yeah. since he's eaten... You might get lightheaded. Yeah. So, um, what else is going? What else has been going on? Did you? Were you happy about the Super Bowl outcome, dude? The Super Bowl I thought was a great game. I was rooting for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, everyone I know is rooting for the Chiefs. It's but we're, yeah, but we're, we're in, in the, we're in, we're in central the United States. Right, the right. Chiefs are way closer to us than the 49ers are. So, right. um, you know, and there's there's a lot of Chiefs fans around here anyway, just right. because. They might be the closest team to Tulsa. Well, it's it's Dal- it's, it's, it's almost or... exa- I think it's pretty close to being yeah. exactly the same. Dallas might be like twenty minutes or thirty minutes closer, but um. So anyway, I thought it was a great game. Went into overtime. Mm-hmm. Almost never happens. First time since our boy the... Harrison, but uh, Harrison kicks kicks uh, awesome field goal, dude. I mean, it's like man, dude. The Lord is on his side. Oh man, I tell you, it's because he goes. Holy man! I got, but you know what? When is the NFL going to get rid? They have the dumbest overtime. The NFL overtime is just not as good as the college overtime. Hmm. It's not just like if you if you win the overtime, it doesn't feel like oh, may, like let's say it's been a high scoring game hypothetically. Let's say it's like seventy to seventy at the end of an NFL game. Unrealistic. But you you have a team you have a game where. Both offenses. Mm-hmm. It's an offensive battle, right? Okay, well, whoever wins the toss is just going to win. And that doesn't quite seem like that should be the way the games are decided. I understand that you also have to, like, you got to put up a defense. You know, it's not just a one-sided game. But I just feel like the college overtime, it's more fun to watch. And the NFL is, is, is specifically a um, an entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not like... For the set, for the love of the game, like college, in theory, at least used to be. Um, this is it's a it's a viewer, it's you know it's what the viewers want. It's mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. So the, I just feel like they should switch. I don't know why they keep to this. You know, like it's the overtime rules. They seem very arbitrary, and they don't actually seem like a good way of measuring which team is better. Okay, that's my. That's my rant. Since you asked wow. me about football, yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah, 
And I th- honestly, I think a lot of people agree with that. Okay. Let us know. Yeah. What are we going to talk about tonight? We're going to talk about idols. Not a fan of them. I have some. I I do. <laughs> I uh, I got problems. I got problems. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get rid of them for a while. But I just like them so much, you yeah. know. I'm sure uh, th- 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 we're all this way. This is the way we are. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about, you know, Lent is, by the time this episode airs, it's, it's it, it's, it is we're, Lent. We're in full swing, yeah. yeah. Um, and so Lent is, if there's a season of the year to, ex- to examine your life and say, hey, I got to get some of these idols out of my life, it's Lent. And so that's what I want to talk about. What are they? How do they... How do they come into our life? Mm. How do we get rid of them? Mm. What are mine? And well, I then, can't wait to talk about that. And part. then, Adam, what are yours? I don't want to do that one. We're going to talk about it. Okay. And I'm going to tell everybody what I think they are, and then Haley's going to come up. <laughs> She's going to agree with me. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, it's very probably apparent. Yeah. So, um, you know, how do you know what your idols are? I mean, it's really, you could look at it as simple as, your vices are your idols, okay? You know, you read, and for those for those of us who are doing Exodus, um, you know, very recently we read through that part of the story where um, they make the golden calf. I have no idea why Aaron, the high priest, like, and why he gets off so easy. Yeah, or like why he even thought that was why a good idea. Why did he do it? Yeah. Because he's, it seemed, when you read the story, it seems like he's a coward and didn't yeah. want to be killed. You know the people like make us a golden cat, make us a uh, a god I to get worship. It. it just is like, and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna die if we don't do this. it's." I'm reading between the lines mm-hmm. and filling in mm-hmm. with my own interpretation, but it seems like that's the case. E- anyway, whatever whatever the reason why he did it, he gets off totally scot free. Yeah. Whereas like everybody else has to drink the 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 gold. Moses comes back, grinds the idol up, throws the powder in the water, makes the people drink it. Not to mention, then he sends the Levites out to just like slaughter everybody. Mm-hmm. And somehow Aaron's like, yeah, you go get him, guys. <laughs> you know, like he's the good guy still. You know, and he gets to keep being the high priest. That's what I don't understand is like, I don't know. I'm going to ask God about it someday. Okay. I'm going I'm to settle up good. on this. But anyway, we just um, went through this part in the Exodus story. It's a very pivotal pivotal sto- part of the story, and it's a part that always really resonates with me personally, just because um, I don't feel like I'm... You know, look at some of the other major points of the story in Egypt, okay, um, when they're being oppressed, and, you know, Moses comes, and the Lord liberates them through all of the plagues. Um, very incredible... Incredible part of the story, obviously, hugely significant um, in the drama of salvation. Yes. But I don't really feel like I am oppressed, you know? So while I love that part of the story, I think it's awesome, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't just resonate with me quite as well. Okay, okay. Um, I identify a lot more with uh, people who is struggling with, uh, struggling to use their freedom well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that's really the place that I find myself, and um, see myself in the story. Okay, and so we just had this, and so it's like that kind of inspired me to talk about it today. Um, and the idea that your um, vices are idols, things that you're actually worshiping, is an old idea. 
Um, Tertullian, who's in the like fourth century, uh, third or fourth century, mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, he wrote a whole book all about idols being just that. Um, and he goes through every aspect of your life about just like, here's an, this, these are the idols, these are idols. Basically, sin, all sin is an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, a, this is a very, very old idea. Um, because it, it's putting something that's a lower either good or something like that in a disordered, disordered way mm-hmm. or in a higher place than what it ought to be, right? Very so, right. So this is why, I mean, he's, he's talking about like, what is the idol? Well, it's like, whatever you're, whatever you're, you're saying, like, no, Lord, I know that you've set this uh, hierarchy up. I know that you've set uh, things the way they should be. I'm going to alter that way mm-hmm. because I know better and this is what I want. So it's right. it's a um, uh, it's one of those things like o- obedience is, is something that uh, it, when you're talking about asceticisms or you when you're talking about denying yourself obedience is one of the main keys of of, of re- keeping free like being fr- having a, a a free mind frame or a, uh-huh. a, a freedom yeah. so to speak um, because you're under the law of the church or you're under the law of your spiritual director or you know you're you're doing the thing that that Freedom right. only takes place in obedience. That's right. Yeah, and so like when you when you mess that up um, and say like no 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 what this is what I want, mm-hmm. uh, this becomes more you're saying like I I I perceive this good to be a higher good than what it really should be. Right, and so this can take place um, on a natural level or mm-hmm. on a moral or a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. So, for someone who doesn't know either the natural law or certainly doesn't know have the benefit of divine revelation, you know, pagans people of different parts of the country that are not Christian, um, they can... They, this, this happens on a natural level when they reorder the natural law, okay? But for us, we have that benefit of knowing God has made the world the way it is, and he's given us a law for us to follow. And so for us to reject that mm-hmm. and say, no, I'm going to serve what I think mm-hmm. is the right thing. That's why we... That's why we that's why it's fair to call it an idol. Um, the Catechism says, Idolatry rejects the unique lordship of God. It is therefore incompatible with communion with God. So it's a big deal, okay? Um, and when you, when you go and read the story of, of the Exodus, I think there's a temptation to really judge these people. Mm. Uh, because I used to do that. <laughs> you know, you read this story about, we need to, like... Everybody, get your earrings and let's make a molten calf and let's worship it. Right. What a stupid idea. Right. It's objectively stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, universally to the modern mind, this is just simply a ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we, um, the, we live in a much more atheistic culture anyway. So the idea of a deity is just not an essential one. Mm to the secular mind. Mm-hmm. Modern mind, yeah. Um, but even so, that worshiping a, you know, like, you just made, that's not a god, you just, I saw you make that, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you just made it, it's not a god. It is funny, kind of, that they would want to worship that. And so I think there's a, a temptation to judge these people, like, oh god, they're so dumb, I would never do that. As as we sit there in our, our pornified culture, and, right. you know, struggle with, alcoholism mm-hmm. and you know all, all these other things right and i honestly i think that there is a um, there's a an honesty in what they did in the story of exodus 
that we can't we can't claim ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because at least they were living outwardly the things that they were buying into inwardly. Okay. Okay. At least they were they weren't being duplicitous, you know. Whereas today, oh, you don't think we have idols? Oh, yeah, 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 it's like, yeah. oh, you, oh, you don't think you, uh, you don't worship anything else? Sport idols, gambling, alcohol, porn, food, food. luxury, yeah. pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Except at least they, at least they were honest about their idols, yeah. you know. So I want to finish talking that and then we'll get into, uh, I want to talk about the first commandment because this the first commandment also comes, this part of the story. So we'll be right back. Lent is a time of great renewal. God calls us into uncommon freedom in Jesus Christ, but many obstacles stand in our way. Lent provides us with a time to enter into the spiritual battle. We must face God's enemies, the demons who tempt us to fall into sin. We must also face up to our own weakness and all that holds us back from entering into God's promises. If Lent has been underwhelming thus far for you, I recommend Lent with Exodus, with new features like Teach Me to Pray, weekly spiritual guides with Father Boniface Hicks, and praying for the dead on Mondays with men from all over the world, Lent with Exodus will provide structure and order during this penitential season. A 14-day free trial for all new users. Go to download.exodus90.com or search for Exodus 90 in the App Store. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. If you could, if you've enjoyed this show, some of you have been listening for a very long time, and if you're not a patron yet, we, we sure would like your support. Even $5 a month would help us. Uh, none of the, It doesn't go to our pockets, but it does help the show. It helps us with the, the Catholic Man Show campout, uh, the Glen Karen glasses that you see here, all of the extra shows, or, or you know, the... Um, Content, content. Yeah, I was thinking. Is that like, the word? It's not. That's not the word I was, I was gonna say. But yeah, all all of the extra um, classes or courses that we provide. Um, yeah. On, on Patreon, we haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah. Um, so all of those things, all the guests that we have, things like that, uh, go for, come from you. So we appreciate your support. Thank you to the patrons. Thank you. And, mm-hmm. and 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 join us on Patreon.com/slash/TheCatholicManShow. Okay, so we're talking about idols. Yeah. Um, and before we go on. Okay. I, I do want to cover this because I think this is the key okay. to examining all of our idols. It's the Garden of Eden. Because Let's start at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. Yeah. What you see happening between Eve and the snake is essentially what happens every other time. Okay? Satan only has one trick, and he's really good at doing it over and over and over again. And it's the same thing that he felt, you know, it's like, he fell because he was prideful. Mm-hmm. He wanted himself to be a god. Mm-hmm. If you believe, is it Augustine? I think who tells that story. I, f- I forget where we where we get that story. Anyway, um, so then he's now doing the same thing to Eve. Oh, did God really say? Oh, no, no, no. If you eat that fruit, you will become like God. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the exact same thing. It's almost every heresy is this exact same thing. You will become a god. Like it's just a different lie about how to become God or like God, um, which is ultimately the sad I- irony is that um, God wants to make us like Himself anyway. Right. Okay. 
Um, and so it's he's we just don't trust him. Theosis, like right. We don't trust his timing. We don't trust, or maybe his methods. Mm -hmm. And so this this happens with every idol worship. We say, no, God, I don't like your way. I'm going to do it my way instead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And so in the Old Testament, all of these idolatry was much more obvious and upfront. And today it's much more subtle, which Satan prefers it that way. Mm. He prefers to be working behind the curtain where he's not seen. And, you know, it's less, uh, he he prefers ambiguosity. Yeah. Um, So let me, let me, let me say something about that. Yeah. Um, So I've been reading The Inferno, uh, which is a a book that I recommend to read Mm. during the Lent. Um, it's just, it's it's just phenomenal. The more I read Dante, the more I can't stop reading Dante. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's something that I really have enjoyed that I didn't enjoy as much the first read through. But man, I've just like really been enjoying. The first it. time you read through it, though, it's, it's hard. hard. It's to hard track to enjoy. You, I think you'll. I liked it, but it was just trying to keep up with everything that's happening because right. it's a it's a lot. The the density of that text mm-hmm. is crazy. So in this book, uh, Dante is being led through hell by Virgil, and if you remember, uh, as he's going through the circles of hell and he's and he's descending to hell, there's a point in time I think it's in, in Canto maybe eight or nine or something like that where they get into the the city of Dis, and they actually have to stop because the smell is so bad that they have to stop, and the reason why they stop is to grow accustomed to the smell. Right is is because they have to stop to grow accustomed to to how terrible this is before mm. they can continue. Yeah, and I think it's I, I think that's very analogous to a lot of things that happen today. Right, there's there's so many times in your life where something like a foul happens in your life through somebody else or like something you do, and you're like, oh man, that was terrible. That was that, I can't believe that, that happened. I can't believe that somebody said whatever they did. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that thought came to my mind. I can't believe I acted out in that way. And then all of a sudden you kind of just like sit with it and like it kind of happens again and again and again. All of a sudden like it becomes the norm mm-hmm. and you don't realize it anymore. It's, it's something that like doesn't like it doesn't offend you any longer. Right. Like that smell doesn't offend Your you. Your conscience is numb to it. Right. It, it doesn't offend you any longer. Right. Um, and so I, I think a lot of times these idols that, that we're talking about today, like some of these things that happen, like when, when we, if you take a step back. And like when it first happens, like whatever the idol is now that you may be worshiping, then when it first happens, you're offended by it almost. Like, you know, oh, wait, that something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like 20 years later, you kind of look back and you're like, hold on. Like, I used to think this was offensive and I'm, I, I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> or for me, thank God it's the other way around. Well, I'll go back and watch like a movie that yeah. I watched in college and I said, mm-hmm. this is offensive. Like, I can't watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all we we all sit here and watch all these movies. They're taking the Lord's name in vain in all these movies, and we're just so numb to it. We don't realize like this is this is, like the second commandment is thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And they're doing, and it's like at your judgment, are you going to be proud of the fact that that we watched these movies and that we kept watching them? We didn't do you know like we as a Christian people, we need to just not stand for it. If they take the Lord's name in vain, it, it's not a, that movie is not doesn't belong in your house, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't deserve your money. They're taking the Lord's name in vain, okay? Like, we're talking about God. And that, the crappy movie is not worth it, no. okay? 
But it's just we get so desensitized to it until you really like get get shocked into like a better perspective. Mm-hmm. You just don't even realize, right? So you right. just keep going, and that is that's kind of a natural form of idolatry. What we talked about in the beginning. It's not like you're willingly choosing to do it, mm-hmm. um, but it's just sort of like a I don't know. It just kind of happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about the first commandment. The first okay. commandment is so strong. I really. It's almost like it should be the, the first one. I always do, I just like it anytime in the Bible where where God goes, "I am the Lord." Like sometimes He'll say stuff like, "Don't do this," or "I'll blah 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 blah." I am the Lord. You know, it's just like remember. It's such a power move to just say, "I am the Lord." So anyway, He starts off with, "I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself." a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is under or in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. So um, there's a reason why this is the first two or the first commandment. When you look at the commandments, the first two are about God. The next eight are all about other people. Okay. So third is is about God too. Oh yes. The first three. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam, I'm so glad you're here today. <laughs> the first three are about God. The other seven are about, about other people. And there's a hierarchy there, right? Because the relationship between God is first and then other people. Um, but when he says, I am the Lord your God, uh, you know, first he's invoking his own name, you know. There's a lot wrapped up in there, okay? So there's almost like a, a creed right there, okay? Because he's mm-hmm. saying, like, first of all, you need to believe in me. Mm-hmm. I am your God, and I am the God. I'm not like the gods that you make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like a fake God. I am the Lord, mm-hmm. your God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so f- that's the first the first thing we have to do is recognize, and yes, to have that ascent of faith. Um, otherwise, idolatry will take over your life if you don't if you don't have that that ascent first. Um, and we're not talking about like our versions of God. Like we have to be receptive and submit to what the church teaches us and divine revelation. Yeah, I mean, I think all of I- idols, all of sin, all of um, you know the source of pride boils down to in, in the, in the Our Father. He's you know you say Thy will be done, and the inversion of that is My will be done. Correct. So, I mean, that right there... It's, it's, a, it's a lack of submission, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to say earlier before the break uh, in the last segment about talking about obedience. And mm-hmm. I, I said that very poorly, but that's what I was trying to get, get to is, is that all of this boils down to the Lord says, this is the way. And then you say, no, I want it to be my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So the catechism says... When, um, there's a, the Catechism has a long section here on the First Commandment. Um, it says, When we say God, we confess a constant, unchangeable being, always the same, faithful and just, without any evil. Um, it goes on to say, Human life finds its unity in the adoration of the one God. The commandment to worship the Lord alone integrates man and saves him from an endless disintegration. I really like that, that it is worship alone that integrates man, hmm. and it saves us from an endless disintegration. 
I mean, it's like that's hell. Just yeah. this perpetual, in infinite disintegration. Um, idolatry, it says, is a perverse is a perversion of man's innate religious sense. And an idolater is someone who transfers his indestructible notion of God to anything other than God. And that's a quote from Origen back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, again, we're religious by nature, like we're, we're religious beings by nature, so you can see why idolatry can come into play, right? Because we desire to worship. We desire to, to, to see something... Uh, outside of ourselves, beyond ourselves. It's when we don't have uh, everything in correct order and or when we're, you know, we don't have divine revelation or something like that, mm-hmm. that, that things get uh, out of whack. Yes, totally. Yeah, and the other part here that I want to mention about the first commandment is when he says, I brought you out of bondage. Um, you know, it's when we pervert the hierarchy of goods... We actually place ourselves back into bondage, right? Um, Worshiping God is the only form of freedom when we have that authentic worship, the way he wants to be worshiped. That's the other thing. We don't get to decide. He tells us, and we submit to it. Okay, so we're going to talk about your idols on the other side. We're going to talk about our idols. Your idols. I'll talk about yours, you talk about mine. We'll be all right. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. No Jimbo Baggins today. We didn't mention that. It's too bad because I feel like this would be a yummy scale oh, the, off the chart. Yeah, yeah. Dalmore is yummy though. Mm-hmm. It's very yummy. So now that we know like what idols are, I just want to give an example. Okay. Out of my incredible humility. I'm going to talk about my own problems, <laughs> because I'm so humble. Okay. For me, it's my appetites. Mm-hmm. It, that's, I, and, I've, and I've talked about this many times on the show, where I want to do something, and at the end of the day, I end up very often giving in, not always, but very often giving in to my appetites, not necessarily just food. Most of the time, it's not. Some t- it's like, oh, my appetite for entertainment or, you know, like technology or sometimes food or uh, alcohol, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, at, and at the end of the day, when I'm in bed examining my conscience, sometimes during the day when it happens, it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. Mm. And that's how I know it's idolatry. That's how I know like this is an idol for me, because I think that I've just become accustomed mm-hmm. to, to it. That, to the smell. Right, exactly. But then at the end of the day, when I'm reflecting mm-hmm. and examining my conscience, now all of a sudden, that's when I realize, and that's when my conscience starts to accuse me of things. Mm. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Because these are sins of, of continence, right? Because this is like things that of, of, of... I would say temperance. Uh, well, uh, like, in the realm of like, I'm going back to Dante, like in, in 
when he's talking about um, oh, okay. the levels of hell, like, you know, the, the, the first few levels are actually sins of continence, right? It's sins mm-hmm. against the passions. Yeah. And we're not talking about your ability to, like, hold your bathroom. No. Yeah. No. Just so everybody's clear. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> grandma <laughs> sinned again. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, She's incontinent. <laughs> uh, but I'm more I'm more interested about not not that I'm in, I mean this maybe maybe this isn't uh, really interested in uh, you failed on this most recently uh, on on sins of uh, of fraud mm. um, because the, these are the lower levels of hell that Dante talks about sure and he talks about how fraud is actually the reason why fraud is so terrible is it's a sin that only man can commit. Right, you know that's only like it's only it's do it's from man, right? Uh, and the 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 more relation like the closer you are to somebody, and the more obligations you have to love that person, right? You know because you have it's your wife, your family, uh, your extended family, your community, your church family, you know your nation, you know right. the world. And and what he means by that, like oh, there's only man can commit because there's no natural um, appetite for fraud. Right. So, like, an animal might overeat. And, like, That's right. There are other sins that, like, even lust. Well, you have a natural appetite. There's a bodily desire for it, but mm-hmm. there is no bodily desire for fraud. And right. So, it's a, it's a sin. It's a choice. It's, it's a, a sin complete... purely of man's invention. Right. And you know that it's happening. Right. Yeah. You Exactly. You, you're 100% culpable. It's right. not like, I was starving to death. That's why I did the bad thing and right you know no so so he talks about like as you're going into the lower levels of hell right is that there's sins against your um there's sins against your neighbors and their things Mm -hmm. right that's like maybe the seventh level or so um and then as you get deeper it's like then it's you and your things and then it's god and nature itself it's better to defraud your neighbor's stuff than than your own stuff yeah but uh, that's basically either committing suicide or uh, gambling away all of your things. Yeah. Or the, or the examples he uses. Yeah. Um, but then as you get lower and lower, you realize, like, you realize, like, then it's, like, sins against God mm-hmm. and nature. Right. And um, ultimately, the lowest level of hell is, is sin against uh, the Lord the Lord himself, right? Um, but from Judas. Right. So, like, I think that the passion, the sins of passion... Yeah, traitors. Traitors are traitors, at the very lowest. Right, right. Uh, I think sins of passion are are very uh, easy to detect because they're something that we're doing all the time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as far as, like, uh, you know, it's natural things that are happening that you can disorder So uh, with your passions. But I'm more, like... like I would like to start like thinking about more actually like sins of things like what do we do to those who we love and fraud you know defraud them in some way or shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, like and that so could be, according to Dante's, I there is certainly a way to t- interpret that sort of like we're using the word idols. Like obviously I'm not wor- I'm not actually like building an altar and worshiping gods. Right. Um, and I think you you could look at fraud the same way. Um, but I can say definitively, I have not made an intentional act of the will to deceive and, you know, and defraud anybody. Like that's something that's sometimes. I mean, or, or have you? I mean, anytime you lie. Yeah, I. Uh, that's just not. That's just not my thing. Right. Well, Cup, I mean, cupcakes, <clears throat> totally different story. But I mean, you know, uh, it, you know, if you're if you're 
uh, looking at pornography that against your wife. Mm, that is it. Yeah, you could you could certainly look at that as a type of fraud. I think Dante would call it lust. But there is that's the thing about sin. Um, it, you know, we talk about virtue. When you when you grow in one virtue, you grow in all virtues. Mm-hmm. The mirror image of that is true about when you when you commit a vice. In a way, you're committing like many. You know, you're growing in you're growing in all vices, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're desensitizing your soul mm-hmm. to this and other and all things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that is absolutely true about okay. If you commit a sin of lust, well, you're also desensitizing yourself for fraud. Mm-hmm. That sin just has a numbing effect on the soul, so that the things yeah. that you would have never done before, all of a sudden, now become thought, easy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I think those are like harder to reflect upon. They are, and that's the thing, which is interesting because you, we also just said like fraud is something that you have to like openly choose, and you, you choose. Well, to do that, anyway. and that's why I wanted to make sure to make that distinction because yeah, there's uh, capital capital F fraud, lower right. F fraud, right? Um, Deceiving is also you know, is part of that. Yeah, although you're allowed to deceive people for noble reasons. You're not allowed well, to lie to them. Yeah. But that's a it's a can, that's a can yeah. of worms for another that's right. for another episode or a past episode. We, yeah, we we've actually, actually talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we've actually done that. Um so yeah, one thing that like an image that keeps coming back to mind. I know you didn't see this movie. It's a movie called Silence. It's a Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. Um it had uh about these two Jesuit missionaries who go to Japan at a mm-hmm. time when Je- Japan was incredibly anti-Christian, right. murdering Christians, if they, if you were caught being Christian, um, and there's a character in this movie who I hated, and in fact, the, this whole movie, I was very uneasy with the ending of this movie. I I just did not like the way the movie ended. It it disturbed me a little bit. Um, however, because of that, it's made me like it kind of haunts me a little bit, and it's mm. really made me think about some of these characters in a way I don't. If it had given me the ending I wanted. I would have said, "Great, I put put that on the bookshelf of whatever and like moved on." But there's this character in there who earnestly wants to be good, but is a coward and is constantly betraying the town. Ta- like you know, these these two priests are going in and they'll be like hearing the sacraments. They'll hear this guy's confession, and then um, somehow this guy is he'll get caught and he'll turn everybody in to save his skin. Mm-hmm. And so then the the Japanese police come in and they start like killing everyone in the town, crucifying them, whatever. Um, unless, of course, they recant their faith. They, you know, give them a chance to recant. And, of course, the dude that they caught, this coward, he recants right away. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and this happens over and over and over again in the movie. And then, like, in the next scene, he comes for confession to this priest, somehow mm-hmm. who they're able to hide and escape. You know, he gets out, the townspeople don't. Um, mm-hmm. And in the movie, you just hate this guy. He's mm-hmm. very hateable. Mm-hmm. And... As I've like gotten more like you know, just as I'm getting older and have a more a sense of introspection, I see myself in that dude all the time. Um, at the end of the day, saying, "Gosh, why did I do that? I did that again." I said, "I said this morning when I got up, I'm not doing that today." Mm-hmm. And now here I am at the end of the day saying, "I did it again." This is the same thing I swore yesterday I wouldn't do, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not talking about mortal sin, okay? I'm talking about just, like, the little... Th- 
you'd think like, oh, mortal sin, that's got to be hard to get rid of. It's these little things I have found much more pernicious, these little bitty idols that I have left in my life that just, like, won't leave me alone. And, like, they just keep... So anyway, that character in that movie, who I hate so much, I've actually kind of come to uh, appreciate because I can Mm -hmm. really see myself in that. And it gives me a good sense of, like, okay... Yeah, I, I have. I need to work on this. Like, this isn't something I should just ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have something that your conscience is saying, "Hey, you, don't, you shouldn't do that," and you you decide, you resolve today, I won't, and then you do, and you do that more than a couple times, it's something that needs to be addressed head on, right? If you're serious about growing in holiness, mm-hmm. if you want to pursue virtue, if you don't, stop listening to our show. Go listen mm-hmm. to something else. Okay. But if you want to be holy, and if you want, like, if you want to pursue sainthood for its own sake, for the love of Christ, mm-hmm. okay, these are the things we need to take very seriously. Okay, these little bitty things. Um, we're we're out of time, but I want to talk about what I think is the solution. Um, it's not actually. This is not a silver bullet. This is not going to like solve your problems. This is not a get rich quick scheme. Not a get holy quick scheme. But what I think is... That's right, we're all going to get holy. That's right. It's like calling cards. So uh, go make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can hear the rest of our episode and all of our episodes. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. You did it that time, bro. I forgot to last time, and you called me out. You did it. it. You did good. Yeah, thank you. Anything Before we go on to what I think is the... Anything else? Did you want to add anything first? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a lot of things to, to talk about. Just like, I don't like, know if you felt like, oh, I want to say this. No. Or something. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's talk about it. Um, the antidote to our idols. Okay. Okay. And I mentioned earlier that I think the Garden of Eden is the key, where it's this temptation to become like God, for uh, to not submit that lack of submission, that giving everything over, say, yes, Lord, whatever whatever you want. Whatever you want for me today, I will, I will happily receive. If it's, if, it's, if it's pleasures, then I thank you. If it's, if it's trials, then I thank you, right? How Pauline of you. Right. It is. It's very Pauline of me. Thank you. But you're right. Um, so I think the answer and the antidote is an Jesus. attitude of stewardship. Well, Jesus, yeah. But that, I'm trying to be more specific. <laughs> Stewardship, I think, is the antidote to a lot of our idols. Okay. Stewardship is basically giving everything to God. Okay. Um, it's This is like one of those kind of Catholic trivia questions you might see every now and then. It'll say, Stewardship, what is the definition of stewardship? Giving 10% of everything to God? or 100%? Stewardship is giving 100% of everything to God. If you think about what a steward is, the steward was the person that the king left in charge when the king went to battle, or Mm -hmm. when the king was not in the city, the steward... Was holding his stuff. And got the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Okay? So he was the other... There were two, you know, typically... The the king had a key to the city, and the steward had a key to the city. Um. And so he would wield the authority of the king. However, none of it belonged to him. Okay? 
So that's kind of the way I like to think about, and we should all be thinking about our stuff, my house, everything I have. I try to think about as I'm not the owner of these things, even my children, and actually especially my children, I try to think about this way, that these are not my children, that they're actually the Lord's children. And the thing about other people's stuff is that eventually they're going to want it back. And that's what I think about that with my kids a lot. Hmm. That like, um, the Lord gave me these children, and he's going to want them back. In fact, he definitely wants them back. Mm-hmm. He gave them to me so that I could give them back to him, mm-hmm. okay? And that's something I do every day. And like, you do it once, and you do it every day, right? So like, when I pray for my kids every day, I mm-hmm. offer them up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but stewardship, I do think, it. Uh, I think that might surprise some people that that's what I I think is the antidote, but stewardship, that attitude of saying, no, 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 everything is his. Okay, what now what am I doing? I'm submitting. Okay, I'm actually being in a, I'm putting myself into a submissive posture. And so it's that attitude that I think reorients our appetites, our desires, that attitude of stewardship and just a recognition that everything I have, I'm just in charge of doesn't belong to me, and, and that I need to care for it because um, it belongs to the king, right? Um, like, if the king gave you a car, it's like, hey, watch my car for me while I'm on vacation. Like, are you going to let anything happen to it? Like, no way. Um, you're not going to let the kids ride bikes around the king's car. <clears throat> right. So anyway, um, it's just like that act of fidelity being faithful, submitting, to me, that's the antithesis of what we see happening between Eve and the snake, okay? Where this Eve should have said, like, no, 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 no. First of all, all of this here is a gift that was given to me. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. out, of respect for the, out of respect for this gift, that's not my tree. I don't have authority over that. You know, I didn't put that tree there. I didn't put myself here. Right, and so a, an attitude of stewardship would have, if she had been able to do that, if Adam had done his job, who was standing right next to her, and and crushed the snake, which mm-hmm. is what he should have done, mm-hmm. um, and if Eve had had an, that attitude, she would have laughed the snake off, like get out of here, mm-hmm. stupid snake. Can't th- wait to talk to them in heaven, dude. I know. So that was like a bad move, huh? So you might like my great 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 great. So if you had one regret in your life, dude, man, I have thought about this. Think about being Adam and Eve, who were in the garden talking to God in perfect union, like communion with God, whatever, whatever that meant, and that, like some sort of natural, perfect communion, and then getting expelled, and then having to tell his kids, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then watching the, your the kid, world, kill your kid. watching the world that your children are growing up in, knowing it's all your fault. Yeah. Watching your kid kill your kid. Right. Knowing it's all your fault. Yeah. I mean... That's heavy. Now, you know, you, you got to say, like, no, it was Cain's fault. He right. killed Abel. Adam right. didn't kill Abel, but still, you know, he he has introduced the the concept of mm-hmm. sin and deceit and all and everything. Mm-hmm. 
One sin. That's a that's a good example of what we were saying earlier. One sin introduced all. Like you know, when you grow in one vice, you're growing in all vices. Well, it was just that one sin that introduced all sin mm-hmm. into the world. So anyway, Totes. anything else you want to add? I don't want to just like keep. I I, I think that we should beating not. it to death. I think death. we should uh, kill the idols in our life. And so, like, so okay, totally. let's so let's bring it back to Lent, right? The reason why we, we have Lent and the reason why we have ascetic practices, the end goal of ascetic practices is only communion with God, right? The secondary practice, mm. you know, secondary reasonings of asceticism, like you know, quieting your appetites and things like that, like those are great. Yeah, because there are natural natural benefits, benefits too, right? But the, the better end, mental focus, you know. But sure. the end goal of ascetic practices is union with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the reason why we deny ourselves, the reason why we, we 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 take up, you know, these ascetic practices, is so that we can we can root out these these idols and we can allow God to work in our lives to root out the sins, the vices, the idols that we're carrying, uh, and make them even known to us. Because there's mm-hmm. some things that like we're going through in this world, we don't even realize that we're holding on to these things. Yeah, uh, and and you you won't be able to hear. And you won't be able to know that you are actually holding on to these things until you enter into solitude with Christ, until you enter into this silence and contemplative life to be able to reflect upon like how you're actually living your life and what you're supposed to be doing and what you're called to be, that we're all called to be sons of the resurrection. And you can't be lifted up into Christ without hearing him and, and being with him mm-hmm. and, and participating in his uh, sacramental life. And so this is the whole purpose of... Uh, Lent is to deny ourselves so that we can feast well uh, in Easter, so that we can feast on the wedding lamb, you know, so that we can be together um, in in communion with one another for all of eternity in heaven. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, like, while you may be listening to this right now, I'm like, well, I don't really have that very many very many idols. Well, I, I strongly suggest you take Lent intentionally this year. Uh, and and listen to what God may have this may have to say to you. Yeah. So let me just tell you this, tell the story. This is an embarrassing story. Oh, all right. Yeah. Mm. I um, like embarrassing stories. So that you like, tell. you know, in college, I was not a I was not living a Christian life. I was just mm-hmm. living a like a, a very stereotypical heathen college yeah. life. Okay. Yeah, I kept telling you stop it. Yeah. <laughs> totally, you did. <laughs> exactly, Adam. That's exactly what you were telling me. Okay. Adam, the whole time was like trying to get me to go to church. <laughs> That's what it was, for the record. Everybody write that down. <laughs> Adam's going to spend so much more time in purgatory for that comment. <laughs> but I remember, though, after college, you know, Adam and I, you and I, we had kind of a yeah. conversion. To, we had a conversion together. Right. Or, oh, not, okay. It was a conversion. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were already Catholic, but, you know, I'm like... Constantly being converted. Coming back into the church and, like, really, like, wow, taking our faith seriously again. And I remember a couple of years after that, I I can remember thinking like I'm holy, like, and actually I actually thought I'm holier than just like just about everybody here in this church. You know, like I I think I probably know more about my faith. I think I probably take it serious. You know, like more seriously. Blah 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 blah. And I can actually remember I was I actually thought those things and said, and I thought about it and said, yep, <laughs> it's probably true. And you know what? It probably was true for a lot of a lot of people, as if that matters at all. Okay, like, oh, great. Uh, it is not a popularity contest to get into heaven. 
at the at the gate, it's not going to be like, well, were you were you better than most? Were you better than Joe? Yeah. Oh, good. If you were better than, if you were in the top half, then it's an automatic in. Right. That is not how it works. No. Okay. Um. And as I have continued in my prayer life, I all I can see now are like, whereas like because of my blindness at that time, and thank God for the for the progress I was making because I had made a lot of progress, you know, compared to what I had been a couple years prior. Yeah. Um, and the Lord is so patient and merciful. Thank God mm-hmm. um, that He didn't just like strike me dead in that moment. Because you deserved it. I totally did. Yeah. Um, and I pray that, and you know, in years from now, I look back and say like, man, uh, where I am today, I was totally blind to the, like, I hope that I continue to be able to see those deficits in my life. Because, you know, if I, if I don't see them, if I don't know them, then I'm just going to persist in them, right? Like what you were just saying a second ago, here in Lent is, especially in Lent, we should be actively praying for the Lord to reveal our vices, for him to reveal these idols. And he desperately wants to. Mm-hmm. He wants He wants to show us these things. The problem is, is that um, we're not ready to see them. We're not willing to see them, mm-hmm. okay? And so if we're not praying every day, if we don't have that relationship with him, you know, imagine going up to somebody on the, you know, like you see somebody on the street and you can tell like, oh, um, that guy's got a problem. I'm gonna, like, and you just, as he's walking by, you just stop him and tell him, hey man, you got a big problem with like blah 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 blah. You know he's not gonna listen to you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. You don't know this guy until you have a relationship with somebody. They're not gonna listen to your critique mm-hmm. of of who they are. So Lent, Lent is the time for us to be really, really addressing these things. Okay, every time is a good time to be addressing them, but Lent is really the time to do it because it's a penitential season. Mm-hmm. So. Spend some time in prayer thinking about this. Ask the Lord, beg the Holy Spirit to come and give you clarity. Um, ask your guardian angels to show you. Your guardian angels, they're here to help you. Mm-hmm. This is like their job. Their mission. It's their mission. And so um, talk to them about it. Also, you know, uh, last week we talked about discouragement. Don't get discouraged. No. Right? So like... Uh, if, if maybe you're listening to this and you're already halfway through Lent or something like that, and you're like, man, I just, I, I really dropped the ball. Next year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up next year. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Start today. Start like, today. Do, do it right now. Like, begin. You know, begin totally. today. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this on Easter. Right. Start today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, w- and when, when you have setbacks, um, the Lord is merciful. Don't, don't beat yourself up, because yeah. the Lord's not beating you up. And he doesn't want you to beat yourself up. He just wants you to stand tall and do better. Try again. Go to confession. Go to confession and try again. And then, like, just and then, and then do that a thousand more times. Live live a sacramental life. Yeah. Anyway, live a sacramental life. Also, pray for me because, guys, I got problems. He's got a lot of problems. Apparently, way more than Adam. Adam has no problems, apparently. Well, so, I, do, I do have a friend. So don't <laughs> pray for him. He obviously doesn't need your prayers. No, I do. I have a friend, who, and he has some problems. So Yeah, so pray for the friend. Adam doesn't need your prayers. He's totally fine without your prayers. He doesn't need you or grace or anything. So. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all.